Don't forget to visit rightwingmedia.net for the latest conservative news links, stories, videos, memes and more. And, be sure to visit our YouTube channel and subscribe to rightwingmedia.net. The following episode of The Romeo Show contains incidental product references which are not meant to be commercial endorsements. Also discussed in part is tobacco and alcohol use. We do not recommend the use or abuse of these products, especially by persons under the legal age of their use. While most of this episode is humorous, some of the remembrances reference deeply emotional topics. Although edited for time and content, listener discretion is advised. Hey guys, Romeo here. Um, I wanted to do a couple of... Uh, things about me that some of you guys probably didn't know or may have known so let me grab a hold well actually room temperature beverage and for scott's delight that's why we should make a dip brand called scott's delight <laughs> i think i just traumatized the out of this thing anyway Let's grab us a dip and pack us a lip, and I will get into things that you probably did not know about me. So, grab yourself a dip, pack a lip, and let's get going. And for the condescheers of dipping, like Skyd, who think he doesn't have to pack. I did pack it, by the way, Skyd. I traumatized the hell out of this thing. Hey, Midwest, how you doing, sweetie? I traumatized the hell out of it, and I packed it. Both. All right. Number one, I would climb trees when I was a kid, even when I was in diapers, okay? My mom had this idea that I might, at some point when I got older, would be doing something related to like tree cutting or logging industry. Kind of a little bit of the stuff I do now. I uh, haven't done much of it lately. Or, uh, hey, Wanda, how you doing, sweetie? So, I would climb trees ever since I was a kid in diapers. And my mom, probably way before ever I did, would know that I'd be a first-generation tree cutter. So, it's very interesting. Number two. I, when I was a kid, would always live in, like, the wooded areas. So, I was always a country boy. And I could never, ever, ever get used to being in the city. I hated the city life. I hate the city life. It's something about me in the city and just not being out in the woods, to me, it really does not appeal to me. I need to be out in the wooded areas. I need to be out in the country. I can't be out in the city for very long, otherwise I'm going to go absolutely bonker. But I've survived so far with this long. But... Ever since I was a kid, I would always go out and be out in the wooded areas. Whether I was uh, with, you know, playing with my airsoft gun, BB gun, gold prospecting, just walking, swimming in the water, hey, Sienna, river, whatever. I was always out there. I was always doing things in or out in the country area, like the wooded areas that were around my house and i would always do that when i was a kid i i loved it i i could never change who i am it was just something that i was and i became and i it was just part of me that still can never go away officially because i've always been a wooded go in the woods go do things never really liked the city life much so that was kind of interesting that kind of followed up with number one because a lot of people think well romeo you live in washington you're a city slicker yeah okay mm, i i'm a i'm a country boy in a city slicker world so there you go number three a lot of people tell me i do not sound country or like i am from anywhere in the country southern life it's 
a lot to do with the fact that it kind of changes me when I'm in the city life and when I live again in the city. The way I speak, some people will hear me say y'all instead of you all. I'll do that quite a little bit more often than not. But it changes, and it's changed me being here in the city to where I cannot just for the life of me understand why it changed me. But surprisingly, it did. It was weird. I changed. But I am always going to be that southern boy, that southern country boy that y'all know. See there, like that. Y'all, see, I just said it. So, y'all can't get after me and say I'm not because I just said it. But a lot of people will claim that I'm fake country or fake southern. I'm not. I've got background. i got receipts. i got people to prove it to me. So, y'all better not be talking crap about me when this comes out about it. Because I got receipts, mother truckers, so bite me. Alright, number four. I have family that also comes from the south texas tennessee all different varieties of parts of the south so i do come from a southern background my family has some southern background it's just how i am my family has kind of different variations of southern backgrounds like one of my uncles came from tennessee not around the same area i was from but a different part of Tennessee, I think either close to Nashville or Memphis, if I'm correct. I think those, one of those two was where he originated from. And so I do have a Southern family. So yeehaw. Yay. Okay. Number five, I was a owner of a ferret. Y'all are not going to like to hear this joke but i'm gonna make a very bad pun and joke out of it but uh if you look up a ferret is close to the weasel family if i'm correct and no we're not talking harry potter you're a wizard harry no we're not talking harry potter weasley family or whatever we're talking like an actual ferret yeah i at one point in time in my life volunteered at a ferret shelter and i really got used to working with animals because when I was a kid we had dogs right no cats thank god I hated cats but we had dogs when I was a kid and later on after our dogs were all gone uh, I got a ferret named Tinkerbell don't ask me why I named her Tinkerbell okay I just named her Tinkerbell it was a cute little name I thought it was cute at the time but I had a ferret and she was a good little girl. She would always eat raisins and every time like if I was sitting there writing music with my pen or something, I would lay my pen down. She'd come out, grab my pen and she would hide and start chewing on that thing. She was a little stinker. She was a big stinker actually, but I loved her to pieces. And she was a good little girl, but sadly she passed away from cancer. And I remember that day that we had to put her down, and I missed school that day. I went in in the back, and I got to say goodbye to her and hug her and kiss her and hold her and give her one more raisin before they put her down. And I got to watch and be there, and it was sad as heck. I know it's really hard for me to still talk about it, but I'm getting better with being open about it more. But uh, she was like my daughter, basically. That little ferret was like my daughter. And Tinkerbell was a good girl. And I loved her. And she loved to be very mischievous. And a bandit, too. God, I wonder where she won that from. Probably not her dad. Meaning me. But she was a good little girl. I loved her. Number six. There we go. Not one, but six. I would... When I was a kid, I... My dad would sometimes, we would have trees, and he would have to top the trees, and I would help him, and I would, you know, sharpen the actual chainsaws, the McCullough's. My dad used to own McCullough's, and I would watch my dad do it, and I had a toy still chainsaw. And yes, you can still find them to this day. They're online, but 
they're very freaking expensive. But, and again, going back to the lower numbers of what I'm talking about, climbing trees and stuff. And I would climb up the tree. My parents would have a rope attached to the chainsaw, fling it to me, or I would put it around my waist, climb up the tree, and pretend like I'm cutting the tree or topping the tree. And I was so infatuated with, like, chainsaws and being able to cut trees and stuff. And so I was really infatuated with it. Uh, When I got to an age where I was still not able to really own my own chainsaw, uh, my grandfather made me a wooden chainsaw. I don't know where it is. I have to find it. But, um, and I would still do the same thing until I finally owned my own chainsaw where now I actually climb trees and I actually cut trees down for realsies. Not for pretend, but for reals now. I would do this when I was a kid and I loved it. So, yeah. Number seven. I was raised in a Christian conservative family. I know I probably mentioned it once or twice in my life or when I was doing the Romeo show, I mentioned I was kind of liberal. But most of my, not most, but my mom and dad are conservative and they are Christian, just like me. Um, Very conservative based and our foundation is based on America and Constitution. So I grew up learning a lot about politics at a very, very young age. I wouldn't know a lot about politics, but I learned quite a bit asking my mom and dad what certain things mean, and they would tell me. They would teach me these things. And when I was in high school, about the year Obama got elected, um, my teachers were liberal, right? And she would shove down our throat how Obama was so great, and I got... I guess you could say supposedly brainwashed or indoctrinated into believing the whole Obama and that's when I became liberal a a atheist liberal kind of ish and I bounced between a lot of different religions I was a Christian Buddhist atheist agnostic Buddhist Christian I would bounce around a lot for a lot of my religions at that time but I still at points in time, I really realized more than not I who I really was. And this was probably like back when I was a teenager. So, of course, teenagers are not going to really know a lot about certain things. They're, they're still experimenting in their life. They're still trying to adapt to the world around them. And I did. And, you know, I did Catholicism for a while, too. I was Catholic for a while, and and then just pure straight Christian. You, know, I I go around a lot, but I learned what I really was, and what I am today is still conservative. A lot of my political views haven't really changed since I was a kid. I still hold the same views as I always have when I became more conservative, very conservative. But my conservative views, I have. But I don't really like to claim conservative or Republican. I'm more of a constitutionalist now than I am conservative or Republican. So that was a fun thing. Number seven. When I was a kid, I would go, there would be a store that would sell candy cigarettes and, or candy cigars, like bubblegum cigars. And when I was a kid, because my grandfather was a smoker on my dad's side, not my mom's side. But my dad's dad was a smoker. And so I would sometimes pretend when I would get candy cigarettes, depending on if I was a good boy or if I was able to have the money from doing chores to get them, I would go out, get me a candy pack, a pack of candy cigarettes and try to pretend like... I'm smoking, and I would take a little piece of wood stump or whatever. Grandpa uh, would make me a wooden fake lighter, and I would sit there, I would sit there and act like I'm smoking a cigarette. So uh, this was all before I could really smoke or dip. So this was kind of probably what might have started me to doing what I've done in my later years in life. My 
Dad and Mom probably really didn't like it as much as I think they did, but they didn't really give me for it. They they understood. I was young, dumb, and just really not under. I was naive. I was not understanding what it was that I was doing, and the fact that it could turn into a bad habit for reals when I got older, and it did. And so, yeah, that uh, those were my fun years, really fun years. Okay, number eight. I didn't have a lot of friends, but the friends that I did have were um, people that would come over. I would have a treehouse with a zip line, and I would go up the little tree fort and pull my zip line over, and it was like a little handlebar, and I would go down. And, um, yeah, I had fun with that. It was so cool because there would be times where I would go up in my tree fort and Mom and I would have a picnic up there. Like, if Dad was working and it was a good day, I'd go up in the tree fort, have a picnic, sit down, and it was a good time. It was a really good time when I was a kid. I, I remember a lot of these nice years of being able to do it on a nice hot summer day. But um, my friends would come over, and they would play on the zip line with me. There was one of my friends. His name was Trevor or Travis, I think. I got to remember his name. But anyway, Trevor or Travis. Uh, he went on the zip line with me. He fell down. Me and him both fell off the zip line. He ended up hurting himself a little bit where he almost blacked. I think he blacked out or something. He wasn't hurt bad, but I think I got the worst of it. It was fine. So, number nine, I fell off a ladder carrying a bucket of water. My dad was pressure washing one day. I carried a big ass, like, gallon bucket of water up the ladder. I fell off. I ended up blacking out. And, hey, Brandon, I'm doing good. How you doing, buddy? Uh, I blacked out when I fell off the ladder. It wasn't really, like, too high but i was on a wooden deck so the deck was made of wood and i fell backwards blacked out went to the hospital and yeah so that was freaking fun number 10 uh little quick things about me number 10 uh when i was i don't know how old i was my intestines were twisted when i was a kid and when my intestines got twisted it was a painful thing i had to go to the hospital they didn't know what was wrong with me. They couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. I was in so much pain that they had to sedate me, basically. And it was bad enough that they went in with a camera. They couldn't figure out what was wrong. They thought something was wrong. And anywho's, uh, they somehow it got itself settled out. But uh, I was in the hospital for a while. And I had to go in the ambulance to, I think, I can't remember what hospital it was, but the hospital that was a little ways from our house, quite a ways from our, our house at that time. And I ended up staying there for a while. But it was cool because in that hospital, they had freaking room. One room that was just filled with video games. And I would play it once in a while. I got to play it when I finally woke up and I was able to move around a little bit. And they allowed me to play video games there. And I would watch TV and stuff like that. But it was kind of fun. Number 11, I have been in thousands. I don't know. I can't say thousands. But I've been in a whole bunch of relationships with girls. And how I got the name Romeo, y'all are probably going to laugh at me for this. But some friend of mine was kind of laughing at me because I would always try to go after the girls, whether I would get rejected or whether I would have the girlfriend. And he said, man, you know, you're like Romeo. You're you're exactly like Romeo. You go after the girls. You're a ladies' man. And my parents, even my mom and dad knew I was a ladies' man. I would always try to get the chicks, the, the babes, the girls. And it, it's funny as heck, because thinking about that now, I going back, thinking, man, how did I get that name? 
And I actually remembered how I got that name. Pretty damn funny. So the guy decided, I'm going to call you, you know, Romeo. That's a good name for you. That's a good nickname. And I thought, okay, that that stuck with me. And from there on, I, I got the nickname Romeo. Uh, number 12. I would play Airsoft when I was a kid. So a lot of you don't know, we had a group in my neighborhood when I was a kid. We would play Airsoft in my neighborhood, and we started coming up with a group called the Airsoft Marine Corps. Like, right, we would train like the Marines, basically. And I was a sniper. And because I would always watch movies like Jarhead or Save It Private Ryan or all the Marine movies, you know, that you could think of, like Full Metal Jacket, FMJ. And I would want to be a Marine. I wanted to be a Marine when I was a kid. And I wanted to be a lot of things when I was a kid, actually. <laughs> really funny. But um, I was in the Airsoft game, and I got shot in the eye. So my lazy eye that you see partly is the way it is because I was shot in the eye. And I had luckily no rectal or no damage to my eye. But if it would have gone an inch further up or wherever like in the middle of my eye or whatever, I would have been permanently blinded in one eye. So for a lot of you guys and gals that make fun of me for my lazy eye, there you go. I was shot in the eye with an airsoft gun when I was playing. I was playing and that day I I was not sniper. I was just using my uh, airsoft Colt 1911 and my enemy who was shooting at me was behind a tree he had a uh, electric tommy thompson typewriter airsoft gun and i kept shooting at him and he wouldn't call his hits and i hit him kept hitting him and hitting him and that dude just didn't want to call his hits so all right fine okay you know what i'm not gonna call my hits because you're not and so i got shot in the eye and when i got shot in the eye that kid didn't even apologize for doing it. He wasn't even sorry for it. He was just happy he did it. But I ended up finally hitting him, and he finally called it later after I hit him. But I got shot in the eye, and it was kind of too little too late for me at that point. So it was a really sad situation for me. Um, number 12, I love to go out and gold prospect. Now, gold prospecting, you take a gold pan, and you take some dirt and then you put it in water and you start panning for gold i would do that almost every summer every summer that i can think of that was a nice hot day i would be out painting for gold and doing things like that where i would even if i didn't find gold or if i did find gold i still would do it it didn't matter to me because i was out in the outdoors i loved doing it it was my favorite pastime and the summertime where I could be active and have my ability to do things that just give me peace and quiet and one with nature. And I got to always be one with nature when I would go out there and pan for gold or gold prospect. So that was a good thing. Number 12, I think if I'm at 12 or 13, I, when I was a kid, had a Wii game. So, I played video games a little bit when I got older, like Guitar Hero or uh, Call of Duty on my Wii. I am a game nerd. I love video games. I know. I, I was not intended. I did not intend to get shot in the eye, but it, it happened. It was a kind of a bad thing. The kid was being very unfair, and he was being a d anyway. But, yeah. Um... I am a video game nerd. I love to play video games. I play video games only when I'm really not got anything to do, whether it's working on my chainsaws. And even before I had my chainsaws, I would always try to play video games. It was fun for me. Because, again, I didn't have very many friends when I, in my neighborhood, so I would always try to play like video games to occupy my time. Number 13 or 14, I used to play Yu-Gi-Oh! Oh, jeez. 
y'all probably y'all probably definitely got to remember this one in the 90s or late 2000s Yu-Gi-Oh was a big thing I played Yu-Gi-Oh I loved playing Yu-Gi-Oh trading card games I would try to build my deck like Yami Yugi and I would when I was a kid I would always pretend like I'm Yami Yugi and I would always go out and try to have my deck go against somebody else to see how good my deck was or if I need to rebuild it. But not only just Yu-Gi-Oh cards, but I would have, like, Pokemon cards on top of that. So I had a garbage bag full of Pokemon and or Yu-Gi-Oh cards. So I was a big Yu-Gi-Oh Pokemon kind of kid. I loved it. Again, I would go into high school, or in my high school sometimes, and I would, on my lunch break pull out my cards, play, and yeah, it got to a point where I would get stiffed or gypped by people, and they kind of no longer at that point allowed us to do it, so it was fun. 15 or 16, I was always big on watching X-Men. If you guys don't remember that TV show, X-Men, or any login shows on the History Channel, I would watch it when I was bored or if it was kind of a rainy day, I would watch it. And this was again back like when I had my wooden chainsaw, my toy wooden chainsaw. And I would always want to be a logger. I've ever since, probably I was younger, like I said, I wanted to be a logger. But I would watch the TV show and it inspired me to want to be that. So I'd go out in my yard grab my wooden chainsaw with my hard hat, my white hard hat that you guys see or have seen before, and I would wear it, and I would grab, like, two empty containers, tie it together, like those were my gas and oil cans, and I would go out in my yard and cut the trees nearby that we had or go out and pretend I'm cutting trees and act like I'm on the TV show when I was a kid until um until I got to a point where I was older and I could really start doing that stuff. But it was really fun for me. I had a really good childhood. Uh, 17 and, or 18. I am the only child of my family. Uh, yeah. So for you guys that are not the only child, cheers. Hope it was a good one. Because I got spoiled like a prince when I was a kid. We're talking like my birthday, Easter, Christmas... Or if I did something good, I would get presents or whatever. But um, I was the only child in my family, so I really didn't have a brother or sister to either look up to or look up to me. And so I really had to make do with my own world, which when I was younger, I would have an imaginary friend named Billy who was basically just me talking to myself in a different weird-ass voice. Because I didn't have anybody. And I always would use my imaginary friend Billy as like my little brother. It was when I was a kid. Not like I was delusional, but like when I was a kid. You know, you know how kids have imaginary friends. And then we start growing up and realizing, okay, this pretend is really not good for our adult life. But I had no brothers and sisters. I was the only child, so when my parents were able to let me stay home alone, I would... Occupy my own time. So, yeah. Uh, 19 or 20. I love swimming. We had a pool, not at our house, but in our neighborhood, a community pool. And I would always go to that community pool during the summertime, and I would always swim. I loved it. I loved being able to freaking swim. It was just something I loved to do. I never really could imagine doing anything else during the summer but always been excited, waiting for that pool to open and grab my stuff, go to the pool, call my parents and let them know, hey, I'm at the pool and play in the pool. And the community rec center would have like a pool table and all these different little uh, table soccer games and stuff. And it was fun. I remember when I was a kid so well that I would always be excited to go there. Because that would be my favorite pastime, would be going to swim at the community pool. And I loved it. I just was a pretty much a fish. So, 
21 or 22. I was very much... I'm trying to think of how I did... I was very much into drawing and painting when I was a kid. Or when I got a little bit older, I had a art studio in my room. Or if I'd paint, sometimes I'd go outside on a nice day and I'd paint. And if it was a bad day, I'd go in my room and draw. And I'd have my big easel and I would sit there draw a little light behind me, like the light. And I would draw, right, or paint. And I was an artist and I loved doing it. If the pool wasn't open or there was really nothing for me to do after a while, I would go out and look at nature. I would take my little sketchbook and I'd go draw and or paint or whatever, and I would do art, and I would sell my art for probably very cheap, like maybe four or five bucks, maybe ten bucks, depending on how big it was. I I would have to remember a lot of the sizes that I did, but uh, if I had a good size, I'd probably charge like ten bucks, five bucks, ten bucks, but I would love drawing. I would even try to sell my drawings. I would sell my paintings. I, I would do anything like that. It was very fun for me to do, and I loved it. 22 to 23, if I'm on there, I have a go-kart. A 1970s Honda Odyssey go-kart. You're probably going to think, oh, a car, a Honda Odyssey car. No, we're talking like a Honda Odyssey uh, go-kart, off-road doom buggy kind of thing. I still have it to this day. When... We would go to the property or go somewhere where I would be able to drive it. We would haul it with us, and I would go drive that thing all over. It, it didn't matter whether I was on rocks, sand, dirt, trails, whatever. I would love driving those things. I love driving go-karts and, you know, anything that is off-road related. Pretty much country boy you know, doing crazy-ass things that... Some people really would not do. Like city slickers would not do. So, 23, 24. I, oh, or no, 26, 27, or 27, 20, 30 or 30, 31. Okay, next one. When I was in high school, I probably told you guys a little bit about this, but some of my parents probably didn't know this. But when I was in high school, I had friends that would dip dip tobacco. I dipped in high school a little bit. Not as much as I do now, but off and on. And so, yeah, 32, 33. When I was a senior, yeah, my senior year, I graduated from high school. I was excited as heck to get out of high school. I hated high school because high school just really didn't do much for me, I felt like. Not like me being out in the woods or being out in nature, one with nature was always where I wanted to be again. But it was high school, and I had an ingrown toenail, and I was very prone to those. For some reason, I would have the worst ingrown toenail that I could think of. And we went to a community center in nearby, and they had to swim the pool. But not only a swimming pool, but they had like different other things and they had the poker table. So because I had an ingrown toenail, I wouldn't be able to swim. And so that night of the senior night overnight party, I pretty much all night played poker. I did pretty good. I backed off a little bit. I, you know, would try to know my limitations. We didn't bet with real money, but... I would practice because I would know in my head, okay, I'm doing good. I'm not going to push my luck any further. And I would never want to push my luck because I know I could lose. So I would play poker and basically I would eat to my heart's content to the next day when my mother came and got me. We had breakfast at the fire department and I think it was pancakes or something like that. Yeah. The fire department would make us breakfast. I didn't really eat because I had a ton of pizza. Yikes. And that's probably where my acid reflux started coming in to play. But the next day, I would just lay down, watch Jeff Dunham, and sleep. 
because I was pretty dang tired. And that was my whole graduation party. My whole overnight senior graduation party. Basically, I just ate and I would drink Monster. Not a lot of people really talked to me. Not a lot of the seniors really did talk to me. Some of them did, but I I basically kind of kept to myself a little bit more, which is kind of weird, but... Most of the seniors were in the pool playing or whatever, doing whatever, or some were sleeping. But I had a friend that, her name was Stephanie. She knew my parents and my family, and she sometimes would come over, talk to me, and check on me to see if I was doing okay and stuff like that. And I would always, she would always find me at that poker table for some apparent reason. I don't know why. It was just poker just phased me. I was always a card-playing kid. I loved playing cards. Which comes to my other one. My grandfather taught me how to play cribbage. Now, if you don't know what cribbage is, look it up. It's kind of a board game slash card game. Um, My grandfather taught me how to play cribbage. And when he first taught me, I got very good at it. And he would always pretend whine and yell for my grandma saying, Romeo's beating me so bad, you might want to get the crying towel. And my grandma would always laugh and say, oh, is our grandson beating you that badly? And he would always say, yeah, our grandson is kicking our my So I, I would play card games with my grandfather. My poor grandfather, he would always play with me when I was a kid, play cards, whether it's five card stud, five card draw, or cribbage, or go fish, or war. I would play card games with my grandfather. So, uh, next one. When I, I would go camping with my grandparents. They had property, and they had a lot that they had. No house. They would bring the trailer, and I would go rafting, or fishing, or whatever. And my grandfather had a little... Eager Beaver Macala. I remember this thing. This thing, like, this thing was 50 years old. Or, I don't know how old it was at the time, but I think now it's 50 or somewhere. It's 50 or 60 years old now, but it doesn't run anymore. But my grandfather would let me use it with his supervision. And, again, going back to, like, when I was a kid using chainsaws. This was my infatuation was using chainsaws. This was way before my graduation. But when I was younger. So we're kind of hopping off and on between young, old, young, old, young, old. Even when I was old, I would still use that thing sometimes when it would work. And my grandfather would always tell me, make sure you don't cut your foot off or don't cut your limbs off. And then I would one time kind of joke with grandpa and I'd have a stick hanging out. And I'd be like, oh, I think I just cut my limb. And grandpa would just almost have a panic attack. He looked at me, kind of giving me the dirty eye, like, you really don't want, now. don't, you really don't want to be doing that with me, mister. It was funny. Um, next one. My grandfather was a golf lover, so I learned how to play golf. In my grandfather's, uh, grandparents' backyard, we would have a nice little room, and where me and grandpa would hit wiffle balls, the wiffle golf balls, and... One time, I was playing with Grandpa. This is when I was young. Again, going back down to when I was young before graduating high school. Way, way before high school, I think. I was very good. I started getting very good at it. I started being able to hit that wiffle ball. And the wiffle balls are, like, yay big. They were just plastic balls with a bunch of holes in them. And so my grandfather went down to go grab his ball. And he came up. And I was getting ready for the shot, and I lined up my shot, had my shot ready, hit that ball, and that ball just went right straight. I could see Grandpa, my grandfather, ducked as fast as he freaking ever could. And with a glare, he kind of glared at me, and I remember what he said to this day. Why did you not say four? I was laughing like a hyena, thinking it was funny. Luckily, I didn't hit him, but... I was laughing like a hyena, thinking it was funny, but me and Grandpa sometimes would watch golf. I would watch golf or Nickelodeon while my grandfather took a nap or was out smoking a cigarette, and he would come in. And me and my grandfather sometimes would go out and 
the garage and we'd make things out of wood. Now, my grandfather used to be a truck driver and a, he used to build like condos or houses or whatever. So he was a carpenter or a woodworker, I guess. Yeah, you probably, I don't know how long you've been dipping, Brendan, but I will get to that one too. But uh, let me real quick finish up with this story. So I remember Grandpa would always freaking love to play golf with me. And I remember this comes up to the next one. My grandfather took me and my cousin to a just a little golf place, and we could just hit the ball, the golf balls. Now, these were, at this time, the real golf balls. And me and my cousin were just having fun, trying to, you know, hit the golf balls as far as we could get them. We're not playing real golf. We were just out kind of noodling around, if you will. And I guess me or my cousin were not doing the proper stance or not hitting it correctly or something. And Grandpa came over and said, no, 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 let me show you. He got ready. He grabbed his club and started going on the upswing coming down. And when he hit the golf ball, now remember again, this isn't a wiffle ball this time. This is the real golf ball that we're talking, like the white golf balls, those hard mother truckers that really can knock some sense into you if you get one right square plum in your head or on your head or wherever. It will knock some sense or probably knock some sense in you or out of you, depending on which way it goes. And my grandfather hit the ball, and I told this story at my grandfather's eulogy. My cousin kind of doesn't, he kind of remembers it in a way, but I, I remember my grandfather's reaction so well. He hit the ball. Well, it didn't go straight. What had happened was we were under a tin roof cover, right? So we're just at a golf practice course. So the golf ball goes up and hits the tin roof, goes past me and Richie. Me and Richie are ducking my cousin just because we don't want to get hit. And my grandfather looks over and says, don't say a word. And me, being me, was laughing so hard. Again, just like when I accidentally almost hit my grandpa with the wiffle ball, the wiffle golf ball. I was laughing like a hyena. My cousin and I both kind of were having a little laughing fit with it. And we come home and, of course, grandpa, for my recollection grandpa told us don't say dang word i go home and i tell grandma and it was funny than heck grandma i we come home grandma asked how how was it boys did you boys do good and i told grandma what had happened and grandpa said that was not how it happened of course grandpa would always say something like that my grandpa wasn't really my I don't think much of a perfectionist. I think he just was embarrassed that that was what happened. And I told grandma, my grandma kind of laughed. Me and Richie started laughing a little bit. And grandpa was just so embarrassed. He says, that is not how I remember it. And that's not what happened. And it was just from there, grandpa. <laughs> yeah, grandpa just kind of was in denial on that day about it. But it was funny. It's now, what Brandon was saying on dipping after high school. Some of you may or may not know this, but a little bit later, way probably later after high school, when I was probably maybe starting to get into college, I went into college for one year of culinary class. So I was living with different people at that time until I decided where I wanted to be. And I had my ID and I finally was able to buy cigarettes or dip. And mostly at that time, I started smoking a little bit more. Some of you guys probably remember this story. Way after high school, I started smoking. And again, I didn't really want my parents to find out what I was doing. So I had to find another way. And I started dipping. My mom later told me she knew that I was kind of doing it and I was kind of smoking. And I had a girlfriend at the time and she knew I was kind of doing that, too. And she didn't care. But I had to make sure that my parents didn't know. But, um, yeah. So I had a very funny life. So, yeah. It was a fun time in my life. When I was 
probably, I don't remember how young I was, but my parents, when I was living with my parents, this was like when I was still probably a baby. Not Maybe not a baby, but I can't remember how old I was. We had these little plastic pools, you know, the little kiddie pool, like what you can get at some stores or whatever for kids or whatever. And we had a deck. So the deck was lifted. We had neighbors down below. My first dip was Copenhagen Winter Green Long Cut. No, excuse me. It was the regular Copenhagen, then Copenhagen Winter Green. And then way later, I started doing Grizzly Wintergreen. But anyway, going back to my story. When I was like still a kid, living with my parents. So again, our deck was lifted. We had neighbors down below. And I was like a little squirt back then. I would come out sometimes butt-ass naked. I was like, my junk was hanging. Like for God in the world to see, my junk was hanging. No kidding. I would go in that pool and I would sit there playing that pool. With my junk hanging, and <laughs> my parents, I don't know if they took a video of it or a picture of it, but um, my mom still kind of to this day kind of a little bit reminds me of it. Uh, she gives me the reminder of what I would do when I was younger, and I would always have my reaction of, Mom, you are just really freaking embarrassing me. Why are you trying to remind me of this when I was a kid? This I'm old now. I really kind of didn't want to remind myself for this but I, I would do it but no i would not go in that public pool but naked i would just only do it when i was a kid where we just not in the uh, community pool but the little kitty pool at our house the next one is i know some different languages i'm not very bilingual i know some spanish i know a little german i know a little chinese i know a little japanese i know a little bit but not enough to really get me by but my other uncle, who was a truck driver, but I don't think he does it no more, had a home in Mexico, in Tiacapan, Mexico. I spent a month there, and I would learn Spanish. And we would go out and have tacos at the taco stand, or just ice cream or hamburgers, or we'd go on bike rides. It was pretty nice. But it was really sad because I would remember riding by, seeing the pepper pickers. Now, the pepper pickers, one day we stopped and I went up and kind of looked at this big pile of peppers that they were roasting. And I asked if I could have one and they said yes and I tried one. It was pretty spicy and it got to me, but it wasn't bad. And I learned a little bit of Spanish then, and I knew a little bit of Spanish, or kind of already a little bit, but not much. I was not very good at it. I don't know much Spanish still to this day, but I know a little bit of Spanish. But, uh, si, si, senor, or senorita. Tequila and senoritas with grande chichis vamos. Not bad, but I could do better. But I would go... And travel to different places like Canada. Oh, Guten Morgen. Guten Morgen. Yes, Guten Morgen. Yep, that's German for good morning. I know that one. Or nine. I know the only one Russian word I know is nit, which is no. So don't ask me to speak Russian. I only know nit. So nit, comrade. The other thing about me is I really did travel. I remember in Canada was where I had my first beer. This is where my parents got kind of at me, but my uncle's brother, which would be my other uncle, I think, if I can remember correctly. I got to remember fudge. Anyway, when I was old enough, I was like 19 or something. I was able to drink in Canada because I think Canadian rules say you can drink at 19. So I had my first beer and yeah, I really loved it. I started drinking... I started kind of getting addicted to it when I was in Canada because I really liked it. But I remember having my first beer in Canada. It wasn't bad. It was okay. But, um, yeah, I had my first beer in Canada, so my first liquor was in Canada. So, that was a fun time. And, yes, I did get plastered like a mother trucker 
when I was in Canada. Uh, and then my parents found out, and yeah, they weren't too happy about it, so I kind of got grounded. Yeah. Um, when I was probably, I can't remember how old I was, most of these were just like different ages, groups, variations. When I was very, very young, some of you guys don't know this, but are now going to know this. I would get babysitted by my Nana B and Papa Lou, who were two people. At first, Papa Lou looked at my mom or my grandma and said, I want nothing to do with that damn kid. Later, he started getting into where he really loved me as kind of one of his own kids, like his grandkids. He would take care of me. Nana B would feed me food until my heart's content or until I could explode. Nana B would play piano. Papa Lou would play guitar. So Papa Lou had his own guitar. He would smoke cigars. He worked at a car dealership, I th- if I can remember correctly. But the time that I got to spend with him, he would play guitar, and either I'd be the drummer, I'd bang on little pots and pans or whatever, and their grandkids, their grandkid, or grandson, excuse me, would come over, and he'd kind of get jealous sometimes of me. But it really seemed... Like, every time I'd go over, Papa Lou would start wanting to teach me how to play guitar more. And I started learning to play guitar. So when I was with Papa Lou... I'd play guitar when I was with my Papa Lou, and I learned guitar when I was pretty young. And when I was like, I think in middle school, I took guitar class. I would also take drumming lessons. Didn't really like the drums. I was a big, avid guitar player. I had my first guitar, which was one that Papa Lou gave me, and... I don't know if you guys know who Dwight Yoakam is, but um, look at my piece of good country singer. I like Dwight Yoakam. Anyway, I learned guitar when I was young, and Papa Lou would teach me how to play my Hey, Hey, Good Looking, or we would sing You Are My Sunshine, and other songs that I really kind of don't remember how to play now, but I learned when I was younger, and when I was way younger, I got to the ability to play guitar more. And so that's where my guitar musician part of me came through, was when I started playing guitar more, I realized, hmm, that's something I really actually do kind of freaking like. So for some of you people that kind of want to know, Romeo, where the hell did you learn guitar? There you go. Going back to the Dwight Yoakam thing. When I got my first guitar, I wore either my... Dad, my mom's cowboy hat and my dad's cowboy boots, or my mom's cowboy boots, or my dad's cowboy boots, my mom's cowboy hat, just like the white one that I have. I wear a cowboy hat like that, my cow, my dad's cowboy boots, and my dad had a camera stand, or tripod, I guess if you will, and I, my parents would have the tripod stand in front of the TV, and... I would have, like, a guitar strap or something, either taped or somehow MacGyvered on there. And I would sing with Dwight Yoakam and, or Willie Nelson or whatever, any country music I could play. And I would play, and I just kept going with it. I kept figuring out, music is my biggest thing. And that's when I really started to enjoy music the most, was when I was a kid. I would always start playing music. And, um... I think my that's when I started really liking country music ever since I was a kid. I liked different types of music, but I wasn't big on rap when I was a kid. I would listen to rap later on in my life, but I really never understood it. I was more country music kind of kid. <laughs> um, the next thing about me was I was always mischievous sometimes. I was a good kid, but I would get into trouble a little bit more than I thought I would. But I was good on some parts and kind of a bandit on others. But 
I lived a very, very good life. I had a very good childhood. My childhood was never rough. I just could honestly have everything I wanted. And I lived a very good life. So the other and last one, this might be utterly awful for me to tell you this, but I started smoking weed marijuana and again it's legal in my state so youtube don't go after me for this it's legal but um later on in life probably when i got a little bit older like past my teens to my 20s i started smoking again it's legal in my state so don't go after me for it and i started liking it and i got to a point where i would become very addictive to it now people will tell you well can't be addictive. Yes, it can. It was supposed to be used more for a medicinal purpose of relieving pain or helping anxiety or stress related issues. Or people that were maybe like me who had ADHD or ADD that could use it to settle down a little if you were using stativa. As long, or not stativa, excuse me. And it would help slow me down a little. I don't smoke as much now as I used to. There'll be days where sometimes I will do more than normal, but not as much anymore. So those are a few things about me that you guys probably didn't know about me. The last one that I really, I'm trying to think of the last one. So Halloween, this is a good one. I forgot how old I was. My neighbor, I again, I'm always going to say I can't remember how old I am because I can't, I'm trying to think of my age of the time, but I was pretty young. I dressed up as Aladdin one one year for Halloween. And my neighbor, who was, I didn't really, nor me, nor my parents, I don't think really liked him. I didn't really like him as much, nor did my parents. He was sitting in the front porch, dressed as something scary. I didn't know if he was gonna jump out at me. So I was dressed up as Aladdin. I had a wooden sword made by my grandfather. Right. And I went up to ring the doorbell. He jumped out of that chair and scared the living out of me. Well, instead of running away, I took that toy, that wooden sword, that fake wooden sword. It wasn't really, I don't, it wasn't made like a real sword where it was supposed to hurt somebody. But in, yeah, in the end, it, came down to I literally beat the living out of him with that sword. I would swing hard as I could with that sword, and all I could hear, and even my parents could hear it, ow, stop, stop, ow, I, okay, okay, ow, stop, please, God, stop, ow. I was swinging, beating the out of him with that wooden sword. And I'm like, are you done? Yeah, I'm done. And... My parents were laughing at him. I was kind of petrified, but I think it was more of an adrenaline rush for me just to use my wooden sword that my grandfather made beating the by the guy that scared the out of me. It was funny as but <laughs> it wasn't funny for him because he got the but you beat out of him. I, I think I got him in the face. I got him in the chest. I can't remember where else I got him. I think I might have got him in the no-no spot too. I don't know where I got him. I, I hit him wherever I could, and I got him back. And my parents kind of laughed and said, good job. Needless to say, try not to scare the out of kids. My grandfather passed away quite a while ago on, I think it was Groundhog's Day. And I remember the last time that I got to spend with my grandfather. This was probably when I was maybe still in high school. I can't remember. I think it was or something like that. And... My grandfather was sick. I spent the night with my grandparents at their house. My grandfather didn't, he wasn't in the hospital. He was in a hospital bed downstairs. We have two floors, right? So I was downstairs. My grandma was down on the couch right beside my grandpa sleeping. And the day, we didn't know how long my grandfather had that day. And my grandfather was pretty sick. So a hospice nurse came by. I had my overalls on, my Carhartt overalls, and I went outside to help, you know, my grandma, as usual, sometimes I will do. 
clean the yard or do whatever I got to do. And something happened where it wasn't very much time left that day. That would be the day he would pass away. And so the hospice lady came out. I was outside. Um, the hospice lady asked my mom. I wasn't present. They were inside. My mom was going to come get me, but the hospice lady said, no, let me, let me please do it. She asked if she could come get me. So she came outside. I think it was either, it was, I think her and my mother too, both that came out and got me. And I know this is pretty long, so I'm sorry, you guys, but these are a few things about me you guys probably didn't know about me. This, I promise, will be my last one. Then I'm done. The hospice lady came out. And I remember her telling me, sweetheart, if you want to say goodbye to your grandpa, I'm sorry to say, but you might want to do it now because we don't know. And that day I cried. remember crying, running to the garage door in the laundry room, praying, saying, God, please don't take him. Let me say goodbye to him. Please let me say goodbye. As fast as I could run, I went into the laundry room door that's connected to the downstairs room, living room. I quickly took off my boots and my overalls and I ran inside and I stood there holding grandpa's hand. I ran in and I said, I'm here, grandpa, I'm here. It's okay, if you see the light, go to the light and just remember, save me a spot at the crib table, will you please? And I could remember kind of squeezing, not hard, but just giving him a little squeeze to let him know I'm here. And to me, in my own opinion, I could feel him squeezing back, letting me know that I love you too. And I acknowledge that you are here. And my dad was working. My, I think my aunt and my other uncle, my dad's brother and sister-in-law were there. And, um, or maybe not yet, I can't remember. But I was able to say goodbye, and I watched my grandfather take his final breath. I had a great-grandma, Grandma B, who passed away in the hospital one night, not at that same time or right after, but way, way before. She passed away in her own home, or I think in the hospital, and I came home from school, and I asked my parents, hey, are we going to go see Grandma B? My parents were sitting on the floor, and I think my yeah, it was my mother, and she told me, "Sweetheart, sit down, please. We gotta let we got something to tell you. Grandma B has passed." I was upset because I didn't get to say goodbye to my great grandma, but I was able to say goodbye to my grandfather, and I watched him take his final last breath from this earth, and I could hear him gargling, as like people who pass away sometimes do when they're on their last final leg of their adventure from here up to the other world, whatever other world you guys may believe in, heaven, nirvana, whatever. He took the final breath, and I kissed him on the forehead, and I said, I love you, Grandpa. I'll see you very, very soon. When my time comes, I'll be there for you. I'll be there with you. And it was hard. I I cried, but I tried to be strong for my family. As most kids probably would not be able to do very well i would try to be there for my whole entire family hugging them letting them know i'm here for them and the coronary people came up the people that would take my grandfather's deceased body away finally came and i one last time asked if i could say goodbye and i did and i lost my grandfather and my grandfather would make things out of wood you know he would take wood and create anything. Wooden guns, swords, knives, chainsaws, birdhouses, whatever. We would create things. We would just be woodworkers. And when he passed, I realized the conclusion came to me that I would no longer be able to do that with him. But it was okay, because it was his time. My grandfather was a smoker for a long time. He tried to stop, like me trying to stop dipping. It didn't work until it finally got to him. And it finally took him. The cancer got him. And I remember the day that Grandpa's eulogy, I told that same story that I told you guys about the golf story. Thanking everybody for being there, 
for my grandfather, for my family, and for me as well, I did Grandpa's eulogy. And I remember thinking, Grandpa's there listening to me. He's there watching me while I gave the eulogy. And I could get the sense of that I wasn't alone up there. My grandma was behind me grabbing me because, you know, she was sad. And I never felt alone because I remembered my whole entire family and grandpa's friends and family and people that were close to my family were all there. And grandpa was there as well. I got this sense of understanding my grandfather is no longer in pain. He's not hurting no more. He's not sick no more. He's not feeling the way he felt when he was here, when he was about ready to go. Cancer no longer exists to him, and he's happy. And I felt happy that I got to say goodbye to him. And it was hard to let him go. The same way it was hard for me to say goodbye to Papa Lou and Nana B. It was very difficult. And going back to Papa Lou when he passed, I got the news that Papa Lou passed, and it was very sad. And I always kept thinking, with two people in my family that influenced me for a lot of different things, he did, Brandon. God did take care of my family. Realizing that Papa Lou was gone, it was very hard for me to not touch a guitar ever in the same way again. Being able to look at a guitar, I could never look at it the same way without thinking of Papa Lou always being around me. I could always hear his voice saying, you got this, kid. You got this. You're okay. I'm here with you. I can always sense that he's here when I'm playing guitar. I can always feel his presence with me. With Grandpa, if I was doing stuff with wood or working with wood or building something out of wood, I could always sense my grandfather was with me. Or if I had a deck of cards that I was playing with, or if I was sitting there alone playing five-card stud or something, I could always imagine my grandfather being right there playing with me a game of cards. And I know I'm not alone. I know it's not something I should think about, sadly, but it hurts. Nana B, I could always sometimes in my head hear a piano playing. And I can always think, you know, I got this little keyboard, this little Casio keyboard right here. And I, I think about Nana B when I play that keyboard once in a while. I don't play it very often, but once in a while when I play it, I think of her. The people that have inspired me the most that pass, it hurts. But I can hear their voices tell me, it's okay. It's okay, kiddo. You're here. It's very upsetting and scary, but at the end of the day, it gets better. It, it's not going to get better, better, but you start realizing that they're no longer in pain. You start to come to the conclusion that they're happy. They're not in pain or suffering, but they're always with you in, in your heart and in spirit. They're always going to be there. So... Those are little factoids about me. Hope you guys enjoyed. Um, I will see you guys later. And uh, have a good day. And take care. Peace.